God, we just thank you that everyone in this building, God, you know them, you love them, and you've got great plans for them. You actually want to speak to them. You want to give them direction. You want to do miracle, miracles in every person's life. So with us, with us knowing that, we want to surrender and open up our hearts to you. God, this morning. God, we also want to come and submit to you. We have a desire to do your will. We resist the devil. We thank you that he has to flee. Pray your protection around us and our children. We pray that in this place and in our children's lives, you do miracles. God, now also pray for anyone who's without hope in this place or even watching online. I pray that you'd knock on the door of their hearts so they can open up that door and receive you as their Savior in Jesus' name. Everyone believed it said? Awesome. Amen. You guys take your seats. So good to have you in the house. Um, if you are a first-time guest, my name is Andre, and we are super excited that you're with us. Um, we are doing our Serve Month, and next week, Saturday, we have got six projects that you can serve at. So I want to encourage you to use your Next Steps card in the seat cover in front of you, or if you're in the front row under your seat, to actually sign up to serve, and you can sign up to pack love packs and of course that's for people who need food and we always prepare to help different people um, so you can sign up to do love packs community garden you can sign up for that or our view clinic to finish off our clinic we've got our own um, view clinic a health center um, you can also be part of the community cleanup at table view Malpus, and all camps bay or you can help with our senior care. We're going to be at Hayes Zonicus, a blessing our seniors, or our community kitchen, which we are part of two community kitchens. Uh, we, of course, link hands to serve those areas and then with the Khaleesi Project. So you can be part of any of those things. All you have to do is write out which one you'd like to be part of on this. Or if you're just saying, I want to serve, I need more info, write your name and how you want us to contact you clearly. And um, you can also use these for any prayer requests and and yeah um, you would see another form um, around is our fasting our prayer and fasting time and I encourage you that's going to happen next week Monday all the way to Sunday it's an amazing time to actually get hungry for God um, so actually give up feeding your flesh because you're actually more spiritual than you're physical and actually go I'm actually going to be spiritually led and listen whenever we tell people about a fast the first thing is your body tells you is you can't do this how dare you even think of not feeding me um, and and then it cries out feed me see more you guys don't know that movie anyway so um but I want to encourage you, that's your flesh. And, and, and you and I, there are moments, we're halfway through the year, your body might have taken front place in your life, and you're actually a spiritual being, and you need to be led by the Spirit of God and this opportunity to empty yourself out so that God can fill you up. But we've also got other options of how to fast. Leanne and I are going to do, uh, we're going to be having no food from Monday to Friday, just doing liquids. And then from Friday night to Sunday night, we're going to be doing a strict Daniel fast, fruit and veg. And um, that's no meats, no sweets, and no, no bread and that, no carbs. And then what we'll do is we will break the fast on Sunday night together as a church. But on Monday to Friday, every night from 7 to 8, View Kids will be running, Kids Care will be running, but we have a worship encounter. I promise you it's mind-blowing. And for me, I'm excited. It says in the book of Acts, they fasted and then they heard from God. And I believe that God's going to speak to you. And we don't fast to twist God's arm. We fast to get on God's agenda, okay, to hear God's voice. Amazing time to reset. Join us. Um, and if you aren't going to fast, 
We won't know. You just come and say, I'm so hungry, and we will think that. But I encourage you to still come to our prayer nights. That might be your first fast, where you actually are going, I'm going to fast being at home, and I'm going to go to church. Remember, fasting is not only about what you're walking away from. It's about what you're walking towards, okay? And so you might come like that, and we won't know. We will take down all the fasting detectors at the door. And you're joking. Like, you know, like, we don't have those. Like, we would not know. But I encourage you not to walk away from this opportunity. So be there, incredible time. So we're going to talk about serving. And today I want to talk to you about our third week in our serving series. And so you can go listen on YouTube or online. And to anyone watching, we welcome you and encourage you to join us at our fast nights. But the topic I want to talk to you about today is serving makes you more like Jesus. Okay. Serving makes you more like Jesus. It's actually God's plan that you and I become more like Jesus. And one of the key ways to become more like Jesus is to serve. Um, Matthew 20 verse 28 says, Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Okay, so we see Jesus is life. And, and we, you and I are going to become more like Christ. We actually are going to also be serving. And, and this is actually a life where you're considering others. You're not thinking of yourself less. You're just thinking, you, you know, in the means of you're not thinking less of yourself, sorry. You're just thinking of yourself less. Um, and that's a life, I believe, that's a life that everyone wants. Because it's a life where you actually are securing Christ. You're actually at peace. And you realize, wow, I'm truly blessed by this by my Savior, and you actually want to be a blessing to other people, and it's a life that God's called us to. God knew what He was doing, and Romans 8 verse 29 says this, God knew what He was doing um, from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love Him along the same lines as the life of His Son. This is in the Message Bible. It says, we see the original and intended shape of our lives there in Him. Okay, if you're trying to figure out what the shape of your life should be, it's actually found in the shape of Christ. And it doesn't mean you're going to lose your personality. Uh, God's made you per wonderfully and, and skillfully and perfectly, and He's made you as an individual, and you've got your own fingerprint, but you're going to grow in Christ-like character. Okay, you're going to have the character of Christ and also the mind of Christ. You're gonna, your, your mind's going to be transformed. You're going to have the thoughts of God. And so I want to encourage you that, that you're also going to take on the habits of Christ. If you want to figure out your character, look at your habits. Okay, your habits say a lot about your character. And so you and I were called to be more like Christ. And in all creation, only human beings um, are made in God's image. Okay, only human beings. If you look at creation, creation story, and, and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they, um, they say, let's make man in our image. And, and you and I were made in the image of God. So I believe, you know, when I speak about serving, you, something inside of you agrees with me. You go, yeah, amen. You know, because you made in the image of God. It's actually, it's your part of your design. Um, and to walk away from it, it's almost to, to, to suppress what was started in heaven when God created you. When I, that's why it says heaven, uh, eternity was planted in your heart. So when I speak about eternity, it's actually an agreement. We all agree about because you and I all have the same desire. Well, it's because eternity has been planted in your heart. I'm actually speaking into your heart when I mention that you were made to spend forever with God in heaven. Okay. I'm speaking directly into your heart because eternity is in your heart. So, so, what does the full image and likeness of God look like? It looks like Jesus Christ. 
The Bible says Jesus is the exact likeness of God, the visible image of the invisible God, and the exact representation of his being. So, so we, if you want to see who God is, you look at Jesus. And if you want to see the life you and I are supposed to live, we look at Jesus. And Colossians 1 verse 15 says, we look at his son and see God's original purpose in everything created. So not only for us, when we look at Jesus, we actually see the original purpose for everything created. And in a simple way of looking at it, a lot of us try to compartmentalize our relationship with Jesus. We, we go, I need to have a balanced life. And we, we put him in a, a part of our life, and then we wonder why there's a bump in the road. We almost think there's a bump in the road, but, but I actually think it's because it's we're out of whack slightly. And so let's look at our life as a, a, a wheel on a bicycle, and we put Jesus in, in maybe half of the wheel, and we go, well, why does this not feel like there's a natural flow? Well, Jesus is at the center of the wheel, and the spokes go out. That's how, and then there's this natural momentum. Jesus is at the center of everything. If you look at Christ, you see the purpose for everything. And once you put him at the center of your life, your life starts to get a momentum. But if you just put him in part of your life, Jesus is good and he blesses us, but there's not that momentum you're looking for, that natural flow in your life. And, 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 and right throughout the Bible, we see people who go through really hard circumstances, but they still rise to the top and flourish, even though it's tough. We look at Ruth, she loses everything, and she makes this confession to her mother-in-law, your God will be my God, your people will be my people. And all of a sudden, life starts to flow, even though it's tough, because once you put Jesus at the center, your life isn't now determined by circumstances, it's determined by your Savior. And you don't need circumstances to have life work out. You need Jesus. Okay, and, and so Ruth ends up, by God's grace, walking to a field that she will work in and be, meet her, her husband because he was a kingsman redeemer in the family line of her mother-in-law. Um, and she ends up working in a field she'll own because now her steps are ordered by the Lord. Why? Because God's at the center of her life. Okay, um, and, and that's the thing for you and I. Jesus is the focus. And all of a sudden, uh, we see that, that Daniel says, no prayer um, you're not allowed to pray in your land, and he prays with these curtains open because he says, I, I'm going to do what I've always done. I pray to, to, to God, and, and it's this man. He, he ends up even in persecution, rising above the rest. Lions, and he rise. There's something about putting Jesus at the center of your life that circumstances can't hold you down, and you say, oh, how can that be? Well, we learned even death couldn't hold Jesus down. Once you put Jesus in it, that grave's unlocked. Okay, that's a, that stone will be rolled away. And so, so Joseph, um, he, yes, prematurely tells his brothers stupidly, hey, you're all going to bow to me. He, but he didn't actually see that the plan for God's life for, was to use him greatly to help other people. It wasn't for him to become famous. So he made a fame statement. You know, one day you're going to all bow to me. That in his immaturity, he gets thrown into a, a pit by his brothers, but he learns to put Jesus at the center of his life. And then there's no pit. There was no jail. And there was no um, Potiphar's house. He always rose above, even in jail, even in Potiphar's house. There, there was no season that he, that he actually didn't still flourish because cream rises to the top in a way. Hey. And um, Jesus at the center creates this, this space for you. And, and that's why I want to let you know. It's not the country you live in. It's not the job you're in. It's not the economy we're facing. 
It's the Savior we serve at the center that determines everything. And all life, all life just, all of life, I promise you. So I want to encourage you, if you are facing a hard time, if you keep Jesus at the middle of it, you will still be blessed in that hard time. You'll learn a lot. I promise you, you'll grow. And, and, and so, and, and here's the thing, you'll become more like Jesus. And, and the most significant part of your life is not where you are living or what you're experiencing, it's who you are. Okay, because wherever you go, there you are. Okay, and that, that's the big thing. That's the blessing of serving Christ. He forms Christ-like character because you won't be able uh, to take your career to heaven but you will take your character. And so you're going to have to grow in character. And, and that's why uh, there's this blessing of this relationship with God. And, and yeah, it just gives us the strength. So I encourage you to, to focus on Jesus. So you were created to become like Christ. God's ultimate goal for your life on earth is not comfort, but character development. Okay. Um, and that's something you and I need to realize. I believe once you settle that, there's this great peace that comes into your life. Because if life's all about comfort, then um, Jesus is the genie in a bottle. And if he didn't come out the bottle today and bless you, life sucks. But, 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 but you don't need life to go your way for you to go the way that God wants you to go. To serve him, to grow, to be like like. God's actually always going to be more focused on your character development. He wants you to grow up spiritually and become like Christ. So God's more concerned with what he does in you rather than through you. And what we learn from that is um, that a lot of people make major life decisions on what you feel your destiny and your calling is. And that's important. But you and I don't need to even live in that space. For us, once we serve Christ, it's more about being obedient to Christ. That actually becomes the main key factor. What would Jesus want me to do? That's my key thing. And, and so now you don't even have to worry. But is this in line with what God's called me to? Don't worry about that. God will sort that out. You and I focus on how God would want us to serve him in that season and how he'd want us to serve other people in that season. Okay. Because us, life becomes hard. So um, let's say your family goes through hard times. All of a sudden, your family is disconnecting you from your calling. No, it's not. Your family, God's blessed you. God's given you an opportunity to serve Him even as you serve your family. See, a lot of us get to that place where, where we think that, that life's all about us. Because think about it. If life's all about your calling then at the end of the day, life's all about you. It's not. If you serve Jesus, Jesus didn't come to be served, came to serve others. Once you actually get that, you realize life's not about me, and to really live is to live for God and others. That's the freest place on the planet. The freest place on the planet isn't in some country. It's in someone's heart, where they actually love God, they love people, they're secure, and they go, wow. I get to serve God, serve people no matter what the circumstance. Potiphar's house, in jail, even on the field, serving, uh, Ruth serving, serving Naomi, and even honoring God, even in persecution. I'm not allowed to pray. Daniel honors God. It's in your heart. The freest place is a place inside of you, in your heart. If your heart's not free, I promise you, you can fly all around the world trying to find freedom. The problem is wherever you go, there you are. And you're not truly free. So God wants to develop this Christ-like character 
inside of us. Um, so, so I want to encourage you that because God wants to develop this character and this freedom in your heart, um, He's going to encourage you to do the right thing, to be obedient to Him. But as you do it, that's where you'll experience the power, the love. Um, you, even in your obedience, the obedience unlocks power. We see it right throughout the Bible that, that a people, even in persecution, while they stayed obedient, experienced the power of God, experienced the breakthrough, experienced the goodness of God. And, and so it's going to require obedience. Salvation is a gift from God, but your character development is going to be determined by your willingness to be obedient. It's going to require a step from you. Um, don't leave your character development to chance. It's going to, it's going to happen. Yeah, I've really got good intentions. God sees my heart. He does see your heart. But he actually calls you to actually do something, to step out. Um, if you look at development and growth, the, the Bible compares your spiritual growth to seed, a building, and a child growing up. The, these metaphors require participation. Let's face it, we're not going to just like have children and just hope they make it. I'm hungry. Oh, just trust God. Eh, just cry to God. Just cry. You're going to feed your child, hey? Um, if, if you gang for, check some, you guys, have you guys been doing that? Soul's like, I've tried it, it works, don't worry. Um, but if you are trusting to build a building, you, you'd go sit on the architect and then you get your plans, you get the plans approved and you, of course, maybe you have to get a bond or how you got your finances and, and then you need them to, to dig the foundation. You're not just going to this land, buying this land and just God, I just trust you that you're going to build something great here. I'll come back tomorrow and see what you've done. <laughs> and somehow it's crazy. That's how we do our faith. It's like, like everything else we're putting action to, except our faith, our spiritual growth, our character. It's like, God, I'm, I was trusting God. You make me more like you, Jesus. Oh. Okay, I'll see you next week. Okay, <laughs> see what you do with that. Yes, we're going to pray. But in that space, God's going to say, okay, I want you to be obedient in this area. Okay, and so even that seed you've got, you know, in the packet, it's going to stay in the packet. All the potential. God's put all the potential for the destiny and everything you need in Christ. He's provided. You just have to put it in the ground and, and water it. And so I want to encourage you, God wants you to actually grow. And in the New Testament, um, it, it says eight times in the New Testament, make every effort... Make every effort in our growth towards becoming like Christ. That's quite, that's pretty much 100% if you look at that word. It's not partial. And so I want to encourage you because you were made for heaven. Out of everything you do, if there was a priority in your life, it would be in the area of growing in your spiritual maturity. Um, and you go, Andre, would I neglect? If you're growing to become more like Christ, your, your marriage is going to be more blessed. Your children will be more blessed. Um, and yes, because uh, uh, a mature person, you'll have discernment, you'll make better decisions in Christ. So, so if you make every effort, it's just this overflow, and it's Jesus at the center. 
of that spoke. And all of a sudden there's this momentum. So clearly in this journey of becoming more like Christ, following his example, it's going to require some action. Romans 12 verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you. So see, there'll be a discernment even as you don't be conformed because the world's telling you, you need to get all you can and and you need to be um, this famous at this point, this wealthy, and you need to connect all the dots. And I, at, in my 20s, it was almost like this place of surrender all the way up to about 29. Every time I put a marker down, like, we, I need to have this by then, it didn't happen. <laughs> then I was like, I surrender. Oh, I surrender all. I surrender that. And I choose you. And I'm going to carry on being obedient. Then I'm supposed to have this. Okay, I said, um, or then financially you're supposed to have this. And, and there was a need. I, I either saw the need as a privilege or an obstacle to my destiny. And maybe some of you are sitting right now and there's something in your family that you think is getting in the way of your destiny. I believe it's an invitation to your destiny. If you can serve God in it. See, because you must understand, when, when you honor God in that area, even like Ruth, because Ruth, my mother said, please, I'm not going to be able to find a husband. Why don't you go back to your people? She says, no, wherever you go, I'll go. Your God, my She never saw the, that moment with her mother-in-law as an obstacle. It was, it was actually part of her journey. And she ended up putting God first, and it actually opened the door. The windows of heaven opened over her life. And what I've experienced is a lot of people walk away from the big breakthrough in those moments, especially maybe when you're young or old, that seem to be an obstacle. Here's what I've learned. In that moment, that seems like an obstacle. It won't add up. To serve God and to love other people and to honor people around you. But if you do it for God, it will multiply. And in this moment, you'll have this opportunity to keep your life in God's hands and experience the multiplication or take your life into your hands and experience what man can provide. You and I need to decide, and a lot of people have pulled out of serving God in those moments because they've decided to take control of their own life because the genie in the bottle hasn't blessed them in their heads. They said, no, no, God's my genie in the bottle. I don't serve through hard things. But God's more interested in your character than your comfort. And hard things are an invitation to experience the growth that God's calling you to. And hopefully I'm making sense. So what's crazy is in the Greek, the word transformed is metamorphosis. And it's saying, don't be conformed, uh, be changed by, by the renewing of your mind. And, and you see this, this, um, this worm become a butterfly. 
And, and once we decide to not be conformed to the patterns of this world, social media, and, and the comforts of this world, but actually understand that God's called us to grow in character, become more like Him, then all of a sudden, you and I, in what's tough, like Joseph, like Ruth, like Daniel, end up learning lessons and fly. Because you used to be a worm. A lot of us think, I'm going to do this myself, and the rest of your life, you just have to get over life, because that's pretty much what a worm can do, to get over things. But you trust God, and like Red Bull, Jesus will give you wings, transform you, transform your thinking, and all of a sudden you rise above, and we see that you don't need good circumstances to flourish in life. You just need our awesome Father in heaven at the center of your life to flourish in life. To grow in your relationship with Him. So, I want to encourage you to stop chasing after the perfect scenario. It's overrated. And it's scary. You know why? Because you know that something could change tomorrow in the economy. <laughs> I encourage you to chase after a good God who's an eternally good God. Who can form you and change you and write throughout the Bible... Many men and women reach their destiny no matter what the circumstances. God used them mightily because they grew in Christ-like character. They stayed obedient. I encourage you to free yourself up. Even in the toughest seasons, you wake up and say, God, you're so good. You're with me. I can grow so much in this. I can love you. I can love people. And I can keep growing. If you are always looking for heaven on earth, you're forgetting that you were made for heaven. That life's temporary. Stop trying to ask God to make this temporary your eternity. God will use the temporary to form you for eternity. To form the character he wants to form in you. To do something great. And, and Joseph in Genesis 50 verse 20 says, You intended to harm me. He says this to his brothers, threw him in a pit. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. And here's the crazy thing is we can leave that scripture up. It says, the saving of many lives. Because when he first told his brothers, he thought his life, one day his brothers would be buying to him. They thought because he'd just be, he thought it was because he was a great leader. And he was. But the reason they were buying to him is because they came for food. And God put him in charge of making sure people were fed because there was great need. Many people needed saving. And he realized, everything I went through was because of others. I'll let you know, life's not about me. I want to release you today. A lot of the, the reasons we're not growing in character and reaching our destinies because we think life's about us. But 
life's not about you. One day you're going to open your eyes and realize life is about others. Why? Because Jesus has already sorted me out. He paid the price of my sins. I'm fine. I'm going to heaven. Now I need to serve others. You're fine. That will cause you to rise above any circumstance. You'll walk into any room and not need anything from it, but have everything to give to it. You will rise above every circumstance with that attitude. That's where Christ wants to take you. That's where Christ wants to take you. He's inviting you. You can plant that seed today. See, I've gone too long and I'm just going to quickly give you three things that is going to help you. Because it's a famous scripture, Matthew 4 verse 19, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He can make you. And so here's things. Number one, the Holy Spirit works within us to become more like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, as the Spirit of the Lord works within us, we become more and more like Him. And so it's the Holy Spirit. And I encourage you in the fast, we're actually saying, flesh, you're not my boss. Holy Spirit, I'm going to make space for you. And in that worship night, and the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you and form you. And there's a, the fast almost makes you move a bit faster, even though the days feel longer. <laughs> But, but I want to encourage you that one of the key things, if you're going to grow in Christ's character, is it's through your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Christ-likeness is not produced by imitation, but by inhabitation. It's what's happening on the inside of you that truly forms Christ-like character. Number two, God uses His Word. He uses people and circumstances to mold us. Yes, God's Word is a lamp to our feet, and God's Word provides the truth we need to grow. So get, don't miss Sundays. Get into a view group. And have a quiet time. Just keep getting His Word into your life. Of course, Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, don't neglect meeting together. Some people do, but encourage one another. God's people provide the support we need to grow. This is His, the, the Word, people, His Spirit. And I say, that's why we encourage you also dream team. Get onto a team. As you serve, you make a difference with people who want to make a difference. You become like the people who spend time with. Get, get onto a serving team and and then um, number three, we all change as we spend time in His presence. The most transformational place in a Christian's life is in the presence of God. It says we enter into His presence with thanks. So we look back, or we say it like this, look back, thank you God for what you've done. You look up, you, you declare He's on the throne. That's praise. You're almighty, all-powerful, you're all-knowing. You're the King of kings, you're Lord of lords. You go, well, my God's big. And then you lean forward. Proskinia worship is where you get close to God. It's a picture of this intimacy. And that's where you get transformed. And, and in His presence is the most transformational place. That's why even in this fast, we're going to worship. But I encourage you to, um, to invest in your, like put playlists together of in your traffic, go for walks on the beach, however you want to spend time. But, but in His presence. And, and um, Exodus 33 verse 14 um, it says, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Because they were going through a desert. 
on the way to a promised land. And a lot of us go, if you could just get me to the promised land, my life will be better. Moses had the revelations. If you would just be with me, life will be better. Because if you won't be with me in the promise, then it's way better being in the desert with you. Because wherever you are, it's what's best. And Joseph, right throughout, working for Pharaoh, being in prison, it says, and God was with him. I promise you, if you can understand God with you is the key more than the things that you want in this life. Yes, God will bless you. I believe He'll bless you. I'm always praying for you guys that you flourish. I'm praying that you, your kids get great. I'm praying consistently for you guys. But the biggest thing you and I need is God's presence in our life. That's what's going to change us. Christ-like character. God with you. You can overcome and rise up above anything if Christ is with you. Because when He's with you, the one who conquered the grave is with you. When He's with you, the healer is with you. When He's with you, the one who knows the way is with you. Because He's the way, He's the truth, He's the life. When He's with you, nothing can hold you down. Do you want to close your eyes quickly? Jesus, worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Worship you, Jesus. You said I'm leaving. You said it is done. You said and I believe it. You said, Thank you, Jesus. It is done. You said it. I believe it. You said it is done. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. I encourage you to plant a seed this week, and maybe that seed is just committing to something. Maybe some of you just need to sign up, plant the first seed, sign up for our serve day. Others of you are preparing for the fast, you're saying, I'm actually going to go for this, I'm going to go after God. I encourage you to to get in a way that you're going, I'm, I'm going to get the blueprint. Because it says when they fasted, they heard from God. It's like, I'm going to get the blueprint. I'm going to, where do you want me to go, God? How do you want me to serve? For some of you, there's been things that have been tough and you've been ignoring the phone calls. But they're actually your opportunity to honor God. And you think they're obstacles, but they're actually opportunities. And you're going to take it now. You're going to take that opportunity. encourage you to do it. Just for other people in the room, I don't want to walk away and end the service without giving you opportunity. Maybe you actually have drifted in your relationship with God and you want to put Him first in your life. You want to ask Him to be at the center of your life in that, that, in that wheel. You want to ask Him to be Lord. Remember, how do we know if He's first in our life? 
Well, that's it. He's first in our life. He's Lord of our life. He's not second. He's not third. He's first. And, and you need to come back to Him and say, I want you to be Lord of my life. Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you be the leader of my life? For some of you, for the first time, you're going to ask Him to forgive you and to be the Lord of your life, the leader of your life. The Bible says, as you uh, confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. The Bible says, if you call in the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Salvation is not saying we earn. We can't get to we We receive it. It's a free gift. And that's you. I want to quickly pray for you. Every eye closed, I respect. If you say, that's me, I want to come back to God or for the first time, I want to give my life to God. I want you to receive it with a passion. Like Baldy, say, that's me. I'm looking. Put your hand up. Say, that's me. If you, that's me. I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in that prayer. On one, two, three, just pop your hand up. Just say, that's me. If you're in this room, need to come back to God or make a decision, just give me a wave. Say, that's me. I'm coming back to God. I don't want this moment to pass by. If you are in this room and you need to make right with God, just pop your hand up and say, I need you. I need to put him at the center of my life. Awesome. Let's pray. Thank you. Let's pray together. Jesus, I call on your name. Please save me. I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank you that you are faithful to forgive me of my sin. Please, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, at the center of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Let's give Jesus praise. I want to encourage you. If you need prayer or if you gave your life to Jesus, I encourage you to use this Next Step card. Tick it off. If you'd like to serve or want more information, you could serve in our love packs, our garden community, our view clinic, our community cleanup, our senior care, or our community kitchen. Why don't you fill this out? If you have a prayer request, we pray over this. Our staff and our team, we'd love to pray for you. Fill this out. There's buckets at the back. You can, you can throw it in the bucket as you leave. Tonight, we're going to give our Zambia feedback. I'm going to interview Dieter, James, and Sabelo. They're going to tell us what they did, what they learned, how God spoke to them personally. Join us tonight for a special service. Um, have a great Sunday. God bless you.